Bajana Women Tribe and welcome to another episode of Working Smart and Living Well. I'm really excited to introduce my next guest because we have already been going on mm. about everything marketing, PR, owning agencies, low barrier to entry, how do you cost, how do you survive, how do you not kill yourself, how do you not kill other people. Yeah, yeah. I am speaking to Sibu <laughs> Mabena about uh, her journey in building Duma Collective. And I think, you know, for me, it is... The summary is the journey of building Duma Collective, but I think your life is so much more than that. It's so yeah. much bigger than that. It has been quite an adventure. It has been. It's been fun. It's been tough. It's been challenging. But I don't think I would do it any other way if God said, okay, let's do you want to redo? Yeah. This, I would do it exactly the same way. Exactly how it happened. So tell us a little bit about your journey. You've shared a little bit with me because I think it there's a lot of questions I kind of want to root yeah. around that particular piece. So you, can you just share a little bit about where it all started and yeah. how you find yourself here? Look, I'll, be, I'll, I'll try to be quick about it. It is 30 years of you know, doing it, of being me. I was mm. born in 91 in Joburg, raised by divorced parents. I had access to both my mom and my dad, which was really great. But my dad was an entrepreneur. He ran a security company. My mother was a nine to fiver. She worked in government communications. So I had the best of both worlds, seeing someone really have to get up and go and work. If they don't work, they don't get paid. Yeah. And on the other hand, you know, Come what may, on the 30th, they do get paid. Yes. But they're still reporting to someone. Yes. So, went to school in Joburg, Joburg Girls Primary, then moved to Pretoria, Springvale Primary, then went on to high school, Pro Arte, and then Midstream College. In that time, I was doing dancing as an extramural activity. Mm -hmm. But I found myself, um, you know, like becoming a prefect, head girl in charge. Yes. Um, and in some instances, in leadership positions. And it's somewhere converted into cash because my dance teacher like fought for me to start getting paid. Yeah. So at 16 years old, I was making like 3,000 rand a term. Oh, that's a um, lot. It's a lot of money that's as a lot of money at 16. Old, um, from teaching kids how to dance and doing what I love to do. Yeah. And I think that's when I clocked with the... If you're passionate about something and you really dedicate yourself into it, you could make some money off of this. Mm. So the dancing thing um, became my life. And I joined the repertoires in Joburg. I wanted, you know, access to the streets and to be cool. And yeah. it was like the You Got Served yes. era. Yes. And we were doing really yes. cool things. <laughs> <laughs> Popping, locking, all of that. Yeah. And um, Masters of Rhythm was an event that was happening in our world. And I wanted access into that to say like, oh, this really big event that's, you know, making dancing such a big deal. And I volunteered my services to work there mm. as an intern. I actually bought a ticket to go there. I got there really early. I bugged the organizers to say, please, can I work? Mm. I just want to see how this is all done. Yeah. And that set off the spinning wheel of my life. Because yeah. by putting myself forward, by putting myself out there and then being diligent in that process, I was able to now become a person of influence mm. because in that setting I was dealing with the event organizers I was exposed to how an event is put together um, jock you know I knew about jock at 17 yeah and what it means to have safety and security for an event and then I was dealing with the dancers but then I'm also dealing with the artists mm. and then you're dealing with the brands as well so I'm learning this ecosystem of the urban eventing space yeah and it just caught me and I wanted to, that you feeling of more. achievement, I wanted yes. more. Um, so throughout matric, I went into my first year, second year, third year, I was doing politics at the University of Pretoria. I was still doing that and it was just elevating with each event that we were doing. Yeah. Working with bigger brands. I remember in my second year, I was 
working on the Kendrick Lamar Three City Tour mm. while submitting assignments. Yeah. <laughs> whilst like yeah. trying to study for tests, we're busy doing this international tour with like we were in charge of the dancers and in that setting we're also presenting in boardrooms yeah we're putting together the presentation to package this urban street thing for it to make sense to the corporate world so it's just been a sequence of like dots connecting yeah and me plugging myself in spaces of influence or where i would be of influence mm. at some point i became a bartender at the sands uh <laughs> i was a bartender what how do you what, uh, like how because I, I just liked being in spaces that were where people of influence in what I perceived to be what would be my end, yeah. my, my world. Or your next. Um, or my next. Yeah. Um, and wanting to be known. Mm. It, 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 it was something that was driven by um, a sense of wanting to be known, wanting to be known to be able to fix things mm. and then needed. Mm. And if you're needed, you're able to provide a solution. Where do you think that comes from? Because I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying and I think, of course, there's a lot of young people who want to be in places where they're yeah. influential people. But I think a lot of times young people don't think about it from a perspective of, I need to be in the space to be needed. Yeah. They want to be in the space to be cool, right? Uh -huh. And I think because, uh, I mean, young people want to be cool. So I want to understand at that age for you what is it that brought on that idea that being needed is the plug? Um... My parents, mm. you know, just seeing their work ethic. Um, also, my sister fell into the entrepreneurship space. She was a caterer at some point, and then she was doing events, and then she was working for my dad. And it was just the exposure to seeing people have to work, yeah. have to provide a service mm. in order to get paid. Yeah. I think that really subconsciously influenced me into wanting to be of service, yeah. but also of service and get paid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's important, Sibu, and I think yeah. I literally uh, want to zoom in on that because I think that's, that's what people never quite spend their time thinking about, yeah. right? What are you offering? Yes. What is the value that you're bringing? What is the service that you're bringing? How are you helping someone with the challenge that they might be facing? Yep. Because that's essentially what trade exchange is, Correct. right? You offer a service, you get paid. You offer value, you get paid. Yeah. But I think a lot of time young people don't they don't grapple with that, maybe because they come from homes where there aren't people who are working. Mm -hmm. So I think that is such an, an insightful point that you're making that coming from a place, a home where people are working, you understood that you have to offer a service in order to get paid. Indeed. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't always all roses and all of that. Like, my dad lost everything once, once upon a time. He went from living in Danefin, driving an S500, to taking a taxi. Mm. So I've also seen the journey of of failure i've yeah. seen the journey of loss and what happens when things don't go the way you plan mm. and i think that instilled the fear of god in me because mm. i'm just like i don't want to fail to the point where i have to um i i have i, I have to lose mm. you know there's failure and you gain from that failure in education in knowledge in experience and then there's the failure of literally <laughs> losing everything because you made bad decisions yeah um or you didn't show up or they were external forces mm. so for me it was always that i'm going to push as hard as i can so that if i do fail god mm. forbid it is not to the point where i'm losing everything yeah but i'm failing forward i'm failing with lessons, with experience, and then I can start again I very quickly. That. I really love that. Yeah. I really love that. So how do you go from the Sense to Duma Collective? Wow. So <laughs> <laughs> um, 
in my freelancingness, um, I figured that I need to register a company so that I can invoice. Yes. As yes. a company. That's literally how it happened for me. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I need to register a company. Then I'll have invoices. Yes. I remember because I, I, I was working with Oskido and he was, you know, paying me. But we were like, it was not officialized. Yeah, it was not like, formal. There was no pay sleep or anything like that. And sometimes he would give me money out of the, you know, the profits that he made. Yeah. And then at some point I was like, oh, there's something called Ogilvy. Mm. I think they're doing the same thing that I'm doing here. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I think they're doing the same thing that I'm doing here. Oh, okay, so how are they structured? Yes. And then it was then the next thing that seeded. Oh, okay, let me start a company. And now you want to package yourself. Yes. You want to be seen as an organized entity. Because I observed in the space that I was in, I would see the freelancer game, people don't take us seriously. Mm. People just look at us as like disposable yes. resources. Mm. Which, okay, today it's you, but tomorrow's going to be the next person. Yeah. So I just wanted, wanted to, more. I wanted to separate myself from that yeah. and say, when you see me, see a company. Mm. When you see me, see an organization. Why was that important for you? Because I know there's going to be a lot of people who are listening who are freelancers and they're yeah. quite comfortable being freelancers Absolutely. because they don't want the commitment that comes with, you know, maybe starting a company and all of this admin that, that, that um, you know, is, a, is, is part of. Of really building an organization. Yeah. Why was it important for you to be to move towards that direction and not just stay a freelancer? Money, mm -hmm. because in 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 real terms, you know the the tax implication of being a freelancer versus a company is different. Yes. That's one side. And yeah. call an accountant and ask them why. Yeah. On the other hand, it was access to the market, mm. I saw that, again, back to the disposable resources thing. As a company, when you are registered as a vendor on the books of a company, it becomes easier for you to be considered to work with because you're part of the system. Yes. So I, I clocked that the system is actually what keeps people out. Yes. So get into the system and start working your way within the system mm. and you would, you would be more susceptible to get opportunities yes because it's easier for the company to function with the company yeah so i got into viacom that way i had my registration papers ready i had my tax well my company registration my tax certificate my bank my bank letter and that's what got me onto the books on a seven-day payment term mm. and i've been working with viacom since oh that's a good payment term. it really is because i was term. black and i was young yeah and i had the and skills, you're a woman i had the knowledge i had the i had the capital so to speak had i not had the company I wouldn't have gotten the job. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have everything. Yes. I can do the work, but I don't have... You're not positioned right. I'm not right. positioned right yeah. or packaged in a way that the business can relate to a business. Yeah. So it was, it was seeing that and taking advantage of the fact that I'm black mm. and I'm young and mm. I'm female. Mm. At SAB, I was mm. able to get onto the ESD program as a company mm. because we're a black, young female-owned business. Mm. Again, seven-day payment term. Mm. You know what that does? It gives you an opportunity to facilitate payments for people who are what? Freelancers, yes. not on the books. Yes. Now making a revenue from being organized. From being an agent. From being an agent yeah. of facilitation of payments because I put in the time to go and get organized. Yeah. It took a day. Mm. And I think it's because we're not educated around how easy it is to actually structure yourself in a professional or professionalize your offering yes we think it's such a big thing cipc mm. pretoria i must go wow 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 you go to a bank you register your company yeah you go you find an accountant they can do the work for you mm. i think we, we we also tend to um 
underplay <laughs> how important it is to prof professionalize your offering, mm. freelancer or business. Yes. Even as a freelancer, Even there as are a certain freelancer. things you just have to have. Tax clearance, mm. your, bank your bank letter mm. with the confirmation of your bank account, yeah. your, your tax number. Those things matter. Mm. And we take for granted how hard it is to function in a system as talented and as skilled as we are. Yeah. What do you say to someone who's listening to this and they're just like, ah, oh, another smart girl who had it easy, they knew where to go, they knew people and what to do. Mm. What do you say to people like that? Because, you know, I, I know for, for me, and, 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 I, and I know it's, it's similar for you because our journeys are similar, the expectation that you're going to know everything at one go, there comes a point where you let it go. Yeah. And I think it's so limiting in how people recognize the, how, how far they can go. So, mm -hmm. you know, when, when someone is listening to this conversation and they're like, okay, oh my gosh, where do I start? They're expecting someone to come out of a genie bottle and say, this is step one, this is step uh -huh. two, this is step three, this is step four. But the reality of it is when you first ask yourself, where do I go? The first thing you do is pick up the phone and ask the, the, the closest person to your solution mm -hmm. to just give you an answer. And then that's the first thing you do. What was that like for you in practical terms? When the, the first, when the thought came and you were like, okay, I need to register a business. Yeah. What was the first thing you did? So <laughs> I had, I was in a conversation with um, like my sister and her friends and whatever. And one of them was an accountant, a black guy called Sandy Lingwabi. And they were talking about a company. They were busy with some project. Yes. I overheard. Cool. Paid no attention to it. A couple of months later is when I realized that I need to do, I need to register a company because I was working on a project um, for a company called Global Access as a researcher for a documentary. Mm. They were going to pay me 90,000 rand mm. if I have a company. And the lady said this. That's Sibu, um, how do you want to invoice? Do you want us to pay you weekly, monthly, or at the end of the project? And I said, no. Okay, how much is it? Now we have the conversation. Yeah. If we pay you like this, then we minus 28% tax. Mm, blah, blah, blah. And mm. then she said, but if you were a company, we would be able to pay you all your money. Yeah. I, that's you all, wanted all your money. That's all the mission you I needed. You wanted all your money. <laughs> that is the mandate that had me go and say, Sister, who's an accountant in Janijan. She gave me the number. I WhatsApped him. Hi, put Sandile. Uh, this is what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. And he said, okay, no problem. Plus, he saw me as Antoine. Yes. I'm like, no, I'll charge you 500 rand because that's the cost of doing it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Yes. Wang Caesar. Yes. But then, as it started to happen, I saw the need for accounting. Yes. I saw the need for someone who understands this thing better than me. Yes. So I said, okay, put Sandile, I'm making this amount of money. Yeah. I'm going to break you off a little bit. I can't afford your full fee. Yeah. But please, can I be your, your project? Yes. I'll pay you 2,000 rand a month. Yeah. Hi, he agreed. Next project, 2,000 rand a month became 5,000 rand yes. a month. 5,000 became 7,000 a month. Yes. So the point of that was I knew what I needed to do. Mm. Then I found the person to help me do it. Mm. Then I negotiated my fees with that person to do it. Mm. Then I stayed loyal to them. Yeah. As I grew, I was like, you okay, now I can actually afford you better. Yes. Um, we've now outgrown each other because I'm too big for him. Yes. And I've gone on to other people. But even with legal, mm. I found friends. My friend, Katla Homalachi, he owns a legal consultancy. I can't afford what you actually deserve. Yeah. But here's what I have right now. Yeah. We're going to start with five rand. As I grow with him, my five rand becomes seven rand. Yes. My seven rand becomes 15. Yes. My 15 becomes 20. Mm. Now I'm a professional outfit when I'm negotiating with big corporates. I have corporates. a lawyer. I have a lawyer. Let and me I check with my accountant. legal team. 
my accounting team. Yeah. And it's just been a series of, oh, this is what the business needs. Let, Let me, me find, find the people it. who know how to do it. Yeah. Let me negotiate with them mm. and provide a value exchange. Mm. With Sandile, there's some PR that we did for him. With TaylorMade, we brought other clients onto the onto um their books. It's it's not as simple as saying, oh no, I don't know, therefore. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. Which which goes to my next question, Sibu. How how important was intentionality in driving you to continue to find the solution? Because I think when you're motivated by getting the result in a week, mm. if you don't get in in a week, mm -hmm. what's your motivation beyond that? You know, and, and, and I think I see it. And, and, and I think as we have this conversation, I'm also trying to unpack the thing that we asked ourselves off camera of what, what is it yeah. that, what is it about whether it's our personality or... Um, the way that we think or, or whatever it is that, that got us to where we are because it has not been an easy journey. It hasn't. It is effing difficult. <laughs> you cry. Yeah. You, you feel shame over mistakes you make. Yeah. You are doubtful. Yeah. It, 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 it impacts your self-esteem at times. And people don't see that when you sit on the couch and you're confidently telling the story. They yeah. don't see all of the, 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 the drama, you know, of the everyday. If I could tell you just about today, mm. you know, if I did not have the intention to see this through, to be impactful, mm. for people to learn, for this thing to grow, mm. I was going to give up today. Yeah, Absolutely. You said, I was can we postpone? Absolutely. So how important was intentionality for you to continue to find the solution when you are hit with challenges? I, um, <laughs> I think that is probably the single most important thing mm. in driving you, especially when things are tough. Yeah, why are you doing it? The intent behind the action, the intent behind the vision, the intent behind the dream. For me, mine has always been from the experience I got of doing really cool things and getting paid for it? Yeah. My God, I just want other people to be able to experience that. Yeah. I want a person to work for 13 hours and then go and stand in front of Beyonce. Yeah. Right there. Mm. And be able to say, oh my God, I was part of this Global Citizen Festival. Yeah. These 90,000 people are getting to enjoy this because I contributed to that. Yeah. And here I am now enjoying my moment. Mm. I get to stand in front of an Oprah and a Tyler Perry yeah. and breathe the same air as them yeah. because I worked to be here. Yeah. That's the intention of what we do at Doom and Collective. It's to create cool and get paid for it. <laughs> um, so that's what drives me. That's what wakes me up in the morning. That's what says meet the deadline. And if you don't meet the deadline, apologize and see if you can get yourself a little bit of grace so you can meet the deadline while well, mm. the extended deadline and if you fail okay cool the next time you better not meet the deadline i mean you better not miss the deadline yeah. again because you were given an opportunity the last time to if do you get better. to do better mm. it's 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 that oh my goodness you have to want it yeah you know that that really awkward moment where you realize our oh, hard work is so hard yeah hard work is and it is <laughs> it is it really is an awkward moment when you realize ah, that oh this is not a this thing is hard this no. is a thing that like it's real and it's, it's really hard it doesn't get easier guys yeah it 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 you, it's like going to the gym you know with every day that you go you get stronger yes but it doesn't mean it it's gets a easier it definitely it's is a, a process. process. It's a journey. It's not here today, here tomorrow, 
gone the next day. Yeah. Automatically. Yeah. That is up to you. Mm. It really is up to you how long you stay in the game. Yeah. The only other contributing factors, if you are a believer, is really what happens spiritually. Yeah. But outside of that, for as far as your eye can see, yeah. you are in control of exactly what happens from your end. Yes. You're, You're in, in control, control of what of you do. What you bring, how you feel, how, how you, you show up. Yeah, I you, get that. You can't control load shedding. You can't control a client not liking you. You can't control an employee not liking you. You can't control external factors, pricing. You can't control the war in Ukraine and Russia impacting yeah. imports, imports impacting clients doing things. Now the campaign is cancelled. You can't control that. Yeah. What you can control is how you react. Yes. What you do. Mm. And if that is driven by the intent mm. behind your work, mm. behind your value, behind your existence, mm. I think life becomes a little bit more bearable. Yes. Yes, that is so powerful. Like that is so true to, I think, a lot of what I believe, a lot of what I've seen has helped me navigate very challenging times. Yeah. It's going back to why am I doing this thing and what does life look like when I'm not doing it? Ooh. What does life look like when I'm not doing it? Because let me tell you, at any given point, I will choose my life and its difficulties versus the alternative of not even having a chance, mm. not even having a chance to get in the room and actually, you know, do what I said I want to do. So I think that it, that is that is so I, I get it. I get us. I get us. I get us. I, get I hope us. they get us. I get us. I totally get us. <laughs> Now, you spoke about, you know, part of your intentionality being around um, the, 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 the other person. It's, it, it has an element of service in it. Yes. But um, the big challenge with service is when you're serving people, you can't control how they respond to Correct. your service. Absolutely. How do you navigate disappointments, whether that is with employees, employers, not being able to show up for a deadline? Because... You seem like a person who prides themselves in showing up the best way that you can. Yeah. When that doesn't happen, how do you navigate disappointments? I remember that my blood is red. <laughs> it's not blue. It's red. I'm as human as the next person. Yeah. I'm not superwoman. Mm. God made me to be as human as the human race and we are flawed. Mm. We are flawed in and of our nature. That is, it, it, we are good and we have, we are bad. Yeah. Right? Good at some things, bad at some things. Yeah, we have to exist in the polarities to, in order to find the balance See, you, of the harmony. You have the vocab. <laughs> and that is it, the balance. That is life. That's life. The, the, the point where you, you find, um, you know, your campus, your true north is in, it, is, is in that dance mm. within between your dark side and your good side. The needle side. goes like this before it's always it, it does that. Always. Right? So it's in these moments where you you realize what you can do, what you can't do, mm. and what you need to improve on. Mm. So the disappointments that come from failed exercises um, or things that didn't go the way we planned, I think that's that's the magic of my life. Yes. That's where I'm like, okay. Let me fix here. Yes. And that's it's an adventure for me yes. to fix, right? Because when everything is just perfect, it's like, oh, okay. I'm then what do you do when I'm you're calling now. yourself the fixer? I'm bored now. <laughs> so it, it really is um, 
I've, I've learned to take it in, in my stride. Mm. Sometimes I break down. Mm. Sometimes I cry. When was the last time you cried? Um, wow, about six weeks ago. Okay. Um, someone took us to the CCMA. Wow. For unfair dismissal. Mm. When they had breached contract yeah. by working for a competitor agency yeah. full time mm. and getting two pay slips two PAYEs, two UIFs being paid mm. for the same person and we were duped for five months. Yeah. And he didn't take the white agency to the CCMA. It took he you. took us to the CCMA. Yeah. And I had to, not had to, I fell into a place where I was like, why the lack of appreciation for mm. everything we did for this person? Mm -hmm. We even paid him a full salary. Mm -hmm. And extra. Yeah. Um, not because we did anything wrong, mm. but because we understand. He said his mitigating circumstances were that Ekaya isn't the most difficult. That's yeah. what. Meanwhile, he bought a new car. Mm. So there's deception. Mm. There's, it's, it, you're literally putting the company at risk because mm. you don't know what you are exposing us to. Yes. And what could happen if a client decides that actually... I want this Duma Collective out. Let me use this as a reason. Yeah. How that impacts 45 other people's yes. salaries. Yes. And you have the audacity to waste my time. You make me drive to town mm. to go into a CCMA building, mm. to go and be told by the commissioner that you've actually withdrawn your case. Yeah. I've wasted time. Mm. Time that is supposed to be spent on empowering the other 45 people yeah. that have chosen to, to be, be good to the vision mm. of Duma Collective. I broke down. Yeah. I was like, wow. Mm. And it's in, it made me feel, um, it, it, it almost made me feel like an imposter yes. <laughs> in my own organization. Because yes. I didn't have the presence of mind to realize that this one person is actually building your muscle for other challenges that are going to come down the line. Because the challenge did come down the line. Yeah. Somebody else stole money from the business. Yeah. However, when I heard of that, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, 89,500. <laughs> what a lot of money. Wow. How did she do it? Yes. Hi. Hi. Okay, mm. But we're going to let her go. Mm. I'm not going to press charges. I'm not going to put her through that because it was an honest, no. It was Ugusa. But it was naivety mm. that drove her to do that. Yeah. It wasn't malice in the way it would say, okay, I'm going to show them. But no. Mm. There were mitigating circumstances that led her to do what she did. Yeah. And she just didn't have the presence of mind mm. to think beyond what will happen when I get caught. Yeah. So it's those challenges <sighs> that really teach me how to deal with the next challenge. Yeah. Because God never said it would be easy. Yeah. But he did say he'd be there. Yeah. And it's cha challenge one trains you for challenge two. Mm. Challenge two trains, trains you for challenge three. Mm. And eventually you get to a place where you're able to, I think, go through the challenges um, in a way that still gets you out on the other end without killing yourself. Because mm. you get to that. You, you get to moments where you're just like, wow.
I feel like I need like two hours with you. I feel like yeah. I need a part one and part two. You know those podcasts where it's like part <laughs> one and then there's part two. But I mean, I don't, I don't think we'll have time for that because there's so much that you're, you're speaking to that I think a lot of people that want to come into creative spaces don't understand and recognize. Yeah. The, the two-pronged uh, experiences of being a business owner and a creative are completely on polar opposites. Yeah. You have to bring two different parts of who you are, two different versions of who you are. Absolutely. And I, I want to go there because, you know, the, the, the space of marketing and creators and PR, particularly as business owners, has a very low entry, you know, barrier mm. to entry. Anyone can open a PR company tomorrow. Yeah. And then you know a friend who wants PR. There's 10 million people who want PR. Yeah. And none of them can afford it in a way that can build a sustainable business. Mm -hmm. But there, there's enough for you to feel like there is something that you can create within the space, mm -hmm. right? When you think, when you get requests for mentorship or for time to mm -hmm. speak about how do I do it, where do I start, blah, 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 how do you feel, number one, about the saturation of the space? Mm -hmm. Number two, when people ask you for advice, because that's a difficult one for me. If someone says to me, uh, how do I create an event like the summit? I'm just like, mm. it took me 10 years, me also. No, the simple answer for that was like Google is your friend. <laughs> you know, I was just like, how do how do we how do we give enough information to people who are interested in the space, particularly because the barrier to entry is low. There's going to be a lot. Yeah. Um, without sounding like you don't want people to come into a space. Okay. Because <laughs> that's the Whoa. thing, right? Yeah. You, now you, you're a gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when someone asks you for a contact. The contact of the marketing director at it's, Ferrari, it's, yeah, like... Um. Can I tell you how many times people ask me for contact, <laughs> like for marketing managers and, and brands that I work with? And I say, I don't know how to answer. <laughs> I honestly <laughs> do not know how to answer, Sibu, because yeah. it's... I, I don't know how to answer. Let me hear how you deal with, with, with all of these things. So let me start with, with that one. You know, when, when people ask for help or a connection or a three pass they send me what they send me on email and then i tell them i'll forward it to said person and if they are interested they Ooh. will contact you because mm. i'm i'm conscious of the fact that god uses us in different ways 100 percent. the same way someone opened doors for me mm. i could be opening a door for the next person mm. and I also state to people that timing is everything. Mm. There are people who want us, they want us to everything. work with them now. And I'm just like, it doesn't feel right. Mm. I'm not ready for it. So when the time is right, and if it is supposed to happen, it will happen. Mm. And I try to educate people or socialize people into my way of helping. Mm. In some instances, I love that. I will call you on to, I love be an, that. In, to come and be an intern. I'll call you on to come and help with an event. I will call you on to come and freelance maybe i will partner with you and say hey i've actually got a project i thought of you let's work together we work with so many different people um because i believe in passing it on sharing bringing it to bringing extra seats to the table sending the lift down all of those analogies i really do believe in 
bringing other people into your space mm. and where you can help them help them but where you can't be honest about it yes say i'm so sorry yes here i cannot help you mm. i do not have tickets for delicious festival so so you posting that <laughs> and you said guys i don't have tickets of accredit people They're, who are gonna get accreditation it's, yeah it's, it's, some of these spaces i don't own these spaces mm. i'm a supplier i'm yeah. a service provider mm. i am of service to these places so when i come with extra additional requests mm. for you're people no longer serving. we're not serving now you someone has to serve you and it's very difficult to mm. do that when we're actually trying to pay the bills. Yeah. I really like how, what you said about uh, socializing people around how you help. Yeah. I think that's such a, a powerful takeaway for me because it says, I, I know that I want to help. Yeah. And at times I won't be able to help. And that's where I often get stuck. But hey, maybe I can socialize people and teach them that yeah. this is how I help. And in actual fact, one of the things I said to someone was, one of the ways that this podcast is going to help me is that when people ask me questions, I'll just redirect them to these conversations. Yeah. This is my way of sharing information, at mass. getting people to, to get the, the answers to the questions that they constantly ask me at, on, on, on my DMs. So, mm. But I really like the way that you, you, you are packaging it when you say, socialize people around how you want to help. Indeed. And there are some people who've asked for mentorship, and I, I know how I am. I don't answer the phone. Mm. I respond to WhatsApps 24 hours later, but I mean, I'll be there. Mm. But I will say, yo, send me your, e your questions on email. Yeah. And when I find the time, I will sit down and answer them as best as I can. Mm. But after I've answered you, I'm definitely not holding your hand. Yes. I'm saying, here's a guide. Yes. Here's a, a map. Yes. Oh, what's you? You're going to use a car, a bicycle, a train, an aeroplane, your feet to get there. That's for you to decide. That's yes. part of your journey. Yes. But here's the little bit of information that I have around what you're asking. And I think a lot of people feel a lot of guilt around feeling like that, right? Because mm. I, I recognize very clearly that a lot of people want to help. Mm. A lot of successful women want to mentor. But they feel so much guilt around where do I get the time and how do I hold your hand and where do we meet? And, and how, So I really, I really appreciate that you've, you, you're introducing that concept of socialize people around how you want to help. Yeah. And I think one of the, the, the things that I'm I'm very passionate about in this organization is figuring out how to help other women mentor, yeah. right? Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I know for a fact that people want to help, but the, the, the in-between, the process is sometimes just so grueling and you don't have the time to do your work and um, expose and, yourself to that process. And live a life. And live a life. And also not be perfect. Yeah. And I, we, we have to know ourselves yes. enough to understand how we can help or not help people mm. because if you want to present yourself as superwoman all the time when you fail you're actually failing the people you thought you could help because you think you can do everything yep so be honest no i think one of the single most important things about being a human being is knowing yourself yes Know what you can do, know what you can't do. Mm. And everything that you're still learning about yourself, have patience and space for it. Yes. To happen without affecting other people. Yes. So you can't say, yeah, but I'm like this. Mm. This is how I am. Yeah. But oh, this is how I am. Yes, and particularly people you care about. People you care about, people you are committing to, people you've brought onto your journey people to say, hey, come work with me. For... People who you're responsible for, all of those things. Don't get into something um, 
without having first interrogated with yourself and negotiated with yourself the conditions of what you're getting into. So that. don't go and say, oh, I want to employ people. Mm. But you're not taking time to get to work on the psychological muscle needed to mm. run an organization mm. and lead human beings. Because, you know, when people... Um, find themselves leaving their jobs because of toxic managers and whatever, whatever. Sometimes it's because the manager doesn't even know themselves that True. they are toxic. They don't know about themselves. They don't know themselves enough to say, this is, don't speak to people like this. I'm on that journey. Mm. I, had, I came from a place where I'm very abrupt and yes, very bright yes, and yes. very direct. I think we spoke about this like briefly uh, at, at a, like a, a lunch and I was like, it's, that is not going to work with everyone. Yes. Yes. And you know, taking it from you, because I know you to be a very, um, very measured person. Yes. Please. Yes. Please. <laughs> you teaching us that. Yes. I'm learning when people tell me, you know, we don't like the way you speak mm. or the way you say things. I'm now a little bit more considered mm. because someone told me and I actually have to do something about it because it affects how they experience life. Yes. They're experiencing eight hours a day with me in the office. Mm. So if someone says to me, mm. okay, yeah, young Tatisa and you're my employee, but mm. as a person, yes. I must listen to you mm. and say, okay, what is it that I need to do to help this relationship improve? Yes. Because at the end of the day, it's an exchange. And you have to value your employee I in order valued, to get to yeah. that point. And I don't value you because you've been here for five years or one day. Mm. I value the, the agreement that we have. And our agreement is to take this organization forward. Yes. And it's to do what it's going to take to take this organization forward. It's not for you as the employee to take the organization forward. I've hired you. I pay you every month. Mm. I don't. You must work. No. It's a relationship. Yes. There's an exchange of my contribution, your contribution. It comes together and it does what we needed to do. Yeah. It makes sure that we all get paid at the end of the month. Mm. It makes sure that we're creating opportunities for people to do cool things and get paid for it. Yeah. It makes sure that there's room for growth for people to be able to experience different spaces. For a 23-year-old to work on an NBA account, for a... 30-year-old yeah, yeah. to be able to... That's the magic. It, that's what we're doing here together. Mm. So it's not about um, what you can do, what I can do. No. It's what we can do. Am I present enough to get to know myself, to say, here's what I offer to the world, and I'm inviting you to come and do it with me? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I love... Listen, ah. Uh, Oh my, we have an hour, and <laughs> literally, I'm just like I could sit here and keep talking because there's so much of what you're saying that I think is so important for a lot of young people with ambition. Yes, there's a lot of young people with ambition. We don't lack ambition in this country. People want to do amazing things. People want to go out into the world and, and and be impactful and change people's lives. And I think when you hear of someone else's challenges, it better prepares you for those challenges. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I hold this space so sacred because. I hold the space for people who are like me and you, you mm. know, who, who might have not had the answers and we had to navigate and maybe it took longer for us, mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't have to take so long for everyone else. When you think about someone who is sitting in a position where they're looking at you and they're thinking, gosh, I, I think that's what I want to do. I think that's what I want to be. I think that's where I want to be one day. I'm trying right now, but it's so hard. What advice would you give people who are in the process, you yeah. know, of, of getting to their next? Because... I don't want to say that they, they, they necessarily want to be like you, 
but they want to feel the way that they feel like you feel. They want to mm. feel confident in what they're doing. They want to be able to say, I'm, I'm confident I can tackle the next challenge. You know, I'm yeah. in the process and I'm committed to it. And, and it's very difficult, but I want to sit on a couch and express my story and feel confident that I'm going to keep going. Oh man, there's so much I can say. Um, look, one, I think we, as a, as a people, as, especially as a South African people, especially as a black people, especially as a young people, mm. we have to accept the reality that we're going to have to work hard to build the country we want to exist in. Yeah. It takes an incredible amount of effort and focus to get something done and get it done right. Yes. So don't cheat the system. Mm. Don't try to cheat your way around working hard to build. Mm. Two, yourself, you matter. Everything about you matters. Whether you're soft-spoken, whether you're aggressive, perceived aggressive. Yes. Whether you're, um, you know, calm in your demeanor, whether you're super passionate, you matter. You're not an imposter. God orders your steps. Yeah. And he, he creates seats for you at the tables. Mm. I'm not going to say the tables of your enemies, but at the tables. Yeah. And when you arrive there, show up. Yeah. Because what can, the, the only thing that will cover you from being an imposter is being the guest who is meant to be there. The guest who's meant to be there. And you're only meant to be there by virtue of you knowing your story. Mm. You, by virtue of you, you being of value. Mm. So someone says you're wrong. So, okay, I'm wrong according to you, but according to my research mm. and according to my experience, mm. according to this idea that I'm presenting, I think I'm right, but let's agree to disagree. Mm. Three, own your contribution. When you are put into a space and you do show up and you do work hard, don't be shy to say, I did that. Yeah. Because with every time you say, I did that, your confidence grows. Yes. You're able to say, no, man, I actually know how to do this. Yes, thing. yes. That's true. I did it last time, didn't That's I? True. That's this true. This time I'm going to do it better. Yeah. There's actually a scientific term for it. It's called the confidence competence loop. Halala. The more you feel competent in doing something, yeah. the more your confidence grows in doing it. So if you keep doing something yep. that increases your competence, then you're obviously going to show up as confident. Correct. And lastly, for me, become obsessed with improvement. Ah. Every time something happens, think about how you can do it better the next time. Mm. And not to compare or not to, not to take away from what you were able to achieve, mm. but to add to what you will still be able to achieve. Mm. Research. Guys, there's so much information available. Yeah. It's not about having Numdini's number and calling her for her to unpack further that thing she said. Mm. On, no. Read. Take the time to learn and study your environment. Mm. Get to know who's who in the zoo. Who matters? How do structures in corporates work? Okay, who's marketing director? Okay, brand manager, marketing manager, senior Benzani. brand. What What's do they do? Who makes what, the decision? Who makes the decision? Yeah. How do I influence? How do I connect? Where do I meet them? That's why I was a bartender at the Sands. Yeah. Because all the people I needed to meet were You've becoming the, the artists, the event promoters, the marketing, the marketing people. people. I was going to meet them at this one place where I could be of service and create a need for myself. Yes. Become obsessed with improvement. And I think whatever it is you want to do, you'll be able to do it. I 
I'm saying it for the third time. <laughs> I wish I had two hours. I literally feel like I need to get you back because there's so much about what people are seeing manifest in your life that when articulated could potentially help other people better understand Absolutely. how to get closer to their dreams. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, I definitely need another hour. We'll plan it and yeah. we'll make sure that it happens. But I really appreciate you sharing your story and also all these nuggets. There were so many. I literally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write the article about what I learned Ooh. from this podcast interview. But thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you for this platform. It matters. Um, I told you on the phone that you did like what you're doing. I think you're, mirror, you're a mirror to a lot of people. Yeah. And it helps for us to be able to see someone else do it and also be encouraged because you were my mirror. Yeah. And when I saw you at Tandy Samaswai being a boss, I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you told me. Who is this you told lady? this story. I absolutely adore you. And this platform is so amazing. And what you're doing with the Gender Women Summit, may it grow to incredible heights. May we have this conversation in Zanzibar or Mauritius or Seychelles. Or New York or Lagos it's or gone, Accra. It's going to be a big international deal because what you're doing matters. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Ooh.